Hey friends, it's me, V Spear. You know me best as the host of Under the Desk News, delivering highlights on the day's current events in a calm way from a safe space. If you're anything like me, trying to escape the 24-7 news cycle to turn your brain off and allow yourself to rest can be difficult. Where do our thoughts go when they're not racing? What if I miss something? I promise, it will all still be there in the morning. So tonight, trust me to help you relax and drift into a peaceful night's sleep. I'll be reading to you a story in which the details don't matter, the content is not important, and you will fall asleep well before the story ends. I'll interject some sleep encouragement and some reassurances to keep you feeling safe. The purpose is not to inform, but rather to keep you company as you relax and give your brain a space to escape to. So snuggle down into your most comfortable position and let's take a few breaths. One breath. And exhale fully. Let's take one more deep breath. And exhale. Here we go. In tonight's episode, I'll be reading you some of the emails from Dr. Fauci. BuzzFeed and the Washington Post originally obtained these emails through the Freedom of Information Act. There are over 3,000 of them, and as I was reading them myself, I found most of them to be boring enough that I thought I probably could fall asleep to this. I hope that you will as well. Remember, these emails are available for all the public to read freely context of this episode is very unimportant. I'm just reading to you so that you can fall asleep and stay asleep. You'll be well sleeping before I finish reading them, and I have again put no effort into selecting any particular set of emails. Dear Dr. Fauci, Dr. Miriam Kelty, formerly of NIH, referred me to you. I'm on the board of directors and planning committee of the Applied Superconductivity Conference that is planned to be held in Tampa, Florida, the last week of July. Over 50% of expected 1,500 attendees are from outside the continental U.S., Our planning committee appears to have three options. One, hold the press conference on the original dates. Two, postpone the conference for a few months. Three, cancel the conference. It would be most helpful to decision process if you can give us a prediction, anonymously of course, how the effects of the virus will pan out. I look forward to your reply. Bruce Strauss on Wednesday, March 4th, 2020 at 546 
p.m. From Mr. Angel on Wednesday, March 4th, re a humble request for your wisdom. Oh my God, I honestly never expected you to reply, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so generous. Is there anything I can do for you besides be grateful? You and yours are in my prayers. Dear Miss Angel, the severe complication of coronavirus are heavily skewed toward the elderly and those with underlying conditions, heart disease, chronic lung disease, kidney disease, diabetes, etc. Most of the pneumonias are pure viral pneumonia, and so this vaccination will not help that. However, on the chance that you have pure viral pneumonia that gets secondarily complicated by a bacterial pneumonia, the vaccine would be beneficial. If you are 65 years of age or older, you should get Pneumomonvax 23 vaccine anyway, regardless of the risk of coronavirus infection. Thanks, Tony. Good evening. I know that you must be completely busy and inundated with people wanting your time. I apologize that I have had nothing to offer in return and completely understand if you don't have time to answer. I called the CDC, but they were very unhelpful. I have a question that makes sense to me and I was hoping you could answer and an answer might help a lot of people. I understand that over time and everyone else will very likely get COVID-19 and that most people won't even realize it because it will be minor. I get that. So this is not a panicked question. I also understand that while most cases will not be severe, the bad cases are complicated by pneumonia. So my question is, if someone has been vaccinated against pneumonia, will that offer any protection in the event that they contract COVID-19 and perhaps provide some barrier against the worst effects? Thank you for your time. If you have read this, and I apologize if this is just another long line of ignorant questions, but my sense in my brain, so I thought I would at least ask be well, be happy, and may life be kind and generous to you, those you love, and those who love you. Sincerely, Miss Angel. From Anthony Fauci, on Thursday, the 5th of March, 2020, to Joshua Gordon, re-question, re-coronavirus case. Josh, you should counsel the rabbi to cancel his services. Are the locale, city, state, health departments doing anything with contact tracing? Tony. Dear Tony, I know you are swamped, but is my reasoning sound? 
Should I counsel the rabbi to cancel services this Friday and Saturday? I'm hoping you can spare a bit of time for this advice. Best, Josh. P.S. You did a great job today. From Eric Strauss on March 4th. Hello. I wanted to make sure you are still considering our request for Dr. Ashton and David Muir to interview Dr. Fauci for our two-hour program on ABC News 2020, Friday from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. If a remote interview from a studio on-the-go mobile unit is preferable, we can certainly arrange that. Thank you for your consideration. Eric Strauss, ABC News. Managing Editor, Medical Unit. From Anthony Fauci on March 5th. Richard, right? Best regards, Tony. Dear Dr. Fauci, I apologize in advance for this email. I'm sure that you are too busy these days to answer coronavirus questions from the general public. However, you are the only individual I know of who can be trusted to speak intelligently about the pandemic. I know there is no pre preventative vaccine or cure, and there probably won't be for some time. But is there something I don't understand? Since the coronavirus causes pneumonia, would it be a good idea to vaccinate more of the general population with the Pneumoniavax 23 or Prevnar 13? That certainly wouldn't prevent people from catching coronavirus, but perhaps the resulting pneumonia onsets might be a little weaker or short-lived. I figured it couldn't hurt, right? Bravo to your efforts to keep our population intelligently informed on the situation. Sincerely, Richard. From Anthony Fauci to Peter Basser. Peter, thanks for the note. This would not be feasible in an outbreak setting if you were talking about GWAS or any kind of sequencing. Things would be moving too quickly. From Peter Basser to Anthony Fauci. Subject, genetic screening. Dear Dr. Fauci, I watched you and Dr. Collins via video cast with admiration and pride yesterday during President Trump's visit to the NIH. This morning, and I were discussing the spread of COVID-19. We are opinioning on why some people only have mild systems while others go on to develop ARDS. While we understand that age is a factor, we were wondering. Regards, Peter Basser, PhD, Senior Investigator, Intermural Research Program. Hello, Dr. Fauci. In my review of data, it appears there's a negative association with smoking. Should smoking be mentioned during the public announcements to help discourage smoking? Thank you. Mark, 
Rianos, MD. Dear Dr. Fauci, I'm writing to you as a member of the SPEAC project, which CEPI has funded to assist with the evaluation of the safety vaccines in their portfolio. As part of this effort, you're assisting with developing preclinical and clinical testing criteria to evaluate the risk of enhanced disease following vaccination with COVID-19 vaccine candidates. As you know, this has been an issue with prior SARS vaccine candidates. We are convening a two-day virtual meeting of experts via video conference next week on March 12th and 13th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Participants in the meeting are shown the attached agenda, but include Paul Henry Lambert from Geneva and Barney Graham from NIH. The meeting will actively involve the participants on the agenda the first day. And on the second day, the meeting will be open for several peer reviewers, including Stanley Plotkin and Andy Pollard, to review and comment on possible small NHP animal models, as well as appropriate immunologic testing to be done in early phase one trials. I wanted to make you aware of the meeting so you could attend all or part as an observer if you wish, but also invite you to consider joining on a day two as one of our formal peer reviewers. The goal of the meeting would be to share recommendations with CEPI COVID-19 developers as well as other interested parties. Any comments you have on the agenda or draft questions for consideration would be greatly appreciated. I look forward to hearing back from you, Steve. From Ezekiel Emmanuel on March 3rd, Tony, hope they are treating you better about media appearances after my call with Trump you were great at the press conference yesterday. Question. Person has the coronavirus infection? Question mark. Ari is pestering me. Thanks for the note. I don't understand your question. Sorry, my phone. Is a person likely to be immune once they caught the coronavirus once? we know anything about that? Tony responds, no evidence in this regard, but you would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. It is an RNA virus, and so you can expect mutations, but not sure how much is going on. We'll have to check. Talk later. Dr. Fauci, as we discussed, sending along an invitation for you to participate in our Time 100 Summit, which will be held in New York on April 21st and 22nd. We would welcome your insights on a panel addressing COVID-19, likely moderated by me. I certainly hope you'll be able to join us. Please let me know either way. Looking forward to hearing from you. Best.
Alice Park, Time Magazine. If you're still awake, remember, it's okay to drift off to sleep. Take another deep breath. Hold it. And release. Sometimes when I can't sleep, I'll think about relaxing my body from my toes to the top of my head. Focusing on the tip of my toes to the ball of my feet. Up to your calves. Releasing any tension that's in your knees. Releasing any tension that's in your hips. Releasing any tension that's in your stomach. Taking a deep breath. And releasing all of the air and all of the stress from your chest. Focusing on your shoulders relaxing, your arms, your elbows, your wrist. Picturing each of your fingers at rest and then back up your arms. Double checking the shoulders are at rest. Releasing any tension you're holding in your neck and in your jaw. Releasing any tension you may be holding in your cheekbones or your eyes. Allowing yourself to feel the stress of the day truly melt away from the very top of your head to the space that surrounds your body. Creating a cocoon of comfort, safety, peace, and relaxation. Let's take one more deep breath. And relax even deeper. Dear colleagues, Dr. Tedros would like to invite you to the next informal discussion about ongoing 2019 novel coronavirus. The teleconference will be hosted tomorrow, Wednesday, the 26th of February at 1300 CET, and the dial-in number with passcode is attached. If you experience any technical difficulties joining this conference, please contact the HQ EOC operator. It would be appreciated if you could kindly confirm your participation to Ms. Sophia Kabir. Best, Mike. From Patty on Fauci email, not for several weeks, sent from my iPhone. Dear Dr. Fauci, I host the AMDG Jesuit podcast, which reaches a faith-based audience connected to Jesuit institutions around the country. I would love to welcome you onto the show to discuss the coronavirus and how your Jesuit education has shaped your career. It would be great to have just 15 to 20 minutes of your time. Thank you so much for your consideration, Mike. Dr. Fauci, to Christina Cassetti, please respond. 
Dr. Fauci, thank you for helping millions of people with your research over the years. The following information was called, insert website. Perhaps this article may help you and your colleagues develop a vaccine that may combat the coronavirus. You were the first one I thought of who might be able to deem its worth and explore research for practical purposes. Some of the links have been included at NIH.gov, so maybe your colleagues already read this. With my limited medical knowledge, I've taken the liberty to highlight key points that seem important. Wishing you and yours the best for remaining healthy, mind, body, and spirits. Warm regards and appreciation, Liz Jam. Dear Dr. Fauci, thank you for your useful editorial published in the NEJM last week. It helps confirming the situation does not need to be as glim as the panic that most people are experiencing. I'm writing an editorial and hoping to submit The Lancet soon. Differently from NIH, US government institutes, I have more room for reflection in my viewpoints. For that reason, I was wondering if I can have a call with you to get your opinion or advice on the direction of my editorial. I know how busy you are, and I can understand if you don't have the time. But if by chance you are willing to have this call, I'd be happy to share my editorial draft first. As background, I am an ES graduate, class of 2009, and trained by Robert T. Chen. Thanks. Dr. Fauci, since the elderly's response to pulmonary coronavirus infection may be impaired, especially with those with a chronic disorder, is there any information re-delivering by inhalation low concentrations of a zinc salt? Is there a potential rationale in early coronavirus infection to try and minimize serious pneumonia were such inhalation shown to be reasonably safe. Thank you, Arthur. Dr. Fauci, I'm an author on Chinese form of healing called Kuiyong, a field I have studied for over 30 years. I am exploring coronavirus from this perspective of a combination of the venom of Vietnamese six-eyed sand spider entering the cells externally, habanero capsation entering the cells internally, the elevated water levels of infants and children and their higher levels of qi in relation to them not getting the disease and qi from traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and kuyong. I believe that the above combination could be beneficial in the study of coronavirus. I am sure you are extremely busy, and I am but a simple author, but I wanted to try and touch base in case the above might help. I would be truly honored to hear from you. Dr. Fauci, nitric oxide has been shown to contribute to the pathogenesis 
of influenza, virus-induced pneumonia, and mouse model. No overproduction of influenza virus pneumonia results from a sustained simulation of indeductible nitric oxide synthase. No overproduction of influenza virus-induced pneumonia can generally high reactive oxygen species via radical coupling reaction and no superoxide. Hello, Dr. Fauci. I am a pharmacist from Ontario, Canada. I was just reading an article that stated COVID-19 cases in children under nine years old are almost non-existent. I wondered why, and then an answer dawned on me. They have immunity because one of the childhood vaccines all children get is giving them cross immunity to the coronavirus as well. A study should be done immediately to see which one is giving the cross immunity, if indeed that is the reason for their seeming immunity to this virus. The immunity must wear off over time, which is why adults and seniors seem to lack prior immunity and get sick. This hypothesis is certainly worth investigating. If this is what's happening, maybe millions of lives could be saved by a simple booster of an existing vaccine. Please let me know your thoughts on the matter. Thank you for your time. Rob. George, thanks for the note. I will send this to Dr. John Mescola director of NIAID Vaccine Research Center, and Dr. Bernie Graham to follow up with you. Best regards, Tony. Dr. Fauci, we just received a number of questions from Senate Help that Senate Alexander plans to ask you at the next hearing. Chase will put together the epi info. Please let us know if you want to discuss these. Melinda. Hi, Laura and team. Thank you for all your work in advance of tomorrow's help hearing. Below are specific questions that Senator Alexander plans to ask Dr. Fauci and would greatly appreciate concise answers to. He is happy to allow Dr. Fauci to elaborate if there is additional time. Additionally, he plans to ask Dr. Shamlot a few questions about CDC covering patient cost from quarantine. Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you and all of your colleagues tomorrow. Questions for Dr. Fauci. How many cases are there in the world, in the US? How many deaths so far in the world, in the US? How many countries have had cases? How do you know if you have the coronavirus? What are the symptoms? How do you protect yourself? Should we all be wearing masks? If not, why should healthcare workers have to wear masks? What are the most effective ways to protect your family? If someone has coronavirus symptoms, what should they do? If a doctor has a patient with these symptoms, what should they do? Who is most at risk? What is the mortality rate? 
Can you explain why there have been relatively few reports of cases in children? This is the peak of the flu season. How many flu cases have we had this year? How many deaths have we had from the flu? How is the coronavirus different from the seasonal flu? Is it possible that we could reduce the infections or deaths from the seasonal flu? because you need to do the same things to protect yourself for both viruses. Can a person transmit the virus even if they're not showing symptoms? Are your agencies doing any research to determine when exactly an individual may transmit the virus to others? If a patient is under federal government required quarantine, who pays the bills? Does their insurance pay first, and then does the CDC cover the remaining bills? If CDC is the payer of last resort, does the agency pay the doctor or the hospital directly, or is the patient obligated to send their bills to the CDC? How and when is this information made available to the patients under the federal government required quarantine? Tony. You are the star of the broadcast today. Your intelligence, confidence, warmth, and humor are what we all need. Please keep these coming. You appear to have great working relationship with Dr. Burks. Very best, Richard Allen Johnson, MD. From Dr. Fauci to Michael Gerson, See my edits in red for accuracy. From Michael Gerson to Dr. Fauci, is the overall strategy for social distancing just to keep the percentages of Americans who get the disease low until a vaccine is available? This seems much harder to do in a free society. Does that mean closing schools, public transport, do states and localities make those decisions? Mike, thanks for the note. We are clearly getting community spread in at least one and likely two non-contagious locations. It was likely spreading in Washington state for several weeks before the current cases were recognized, which means we can expect dozens and dozens of cases or more in that location unless we are very lucky and or the contact tracing is highly efficient. The precise mortality rate is still uncertain. The stated mortality rate is at 2%. However, even if it is half of that 1% and only 5% of the population were to get infected, you are correct in that we would have a few hundred thousand deaths. The really critical issue is what the mortality rate actually turns out to be. I'm hoping for a considerably lower mortality rate, but that may be wishful thinking. Whatever it turns out to be, the major tools that we have are public health measures, particularly social distancing, which we must start doing right now in Washington state and thinking about in other locations. That is really the major weapon we have. Even though we go into phase one with one candidate vaccine in about six weeks, 
vaccine is out of the question for at least a year if you want to make sure that it is effective. Some efficacy data before massive deployment. We are meeting with pharmaceutical executive today and I will bring up the issue of whether the fastest possible timeline would be to have a deployable vaccine. I hope that you are well. Regards, Tony. From D.A. Sohenborn on Sunday, March 1st. Dear Dr. Fauci, it would be good to know if you still believe Americans can trust CDC's public-facing authority or whether we'd be better to look into who for reliable information about the virus, the disease, and any new mutations which might arise. Mike Pence does not have appropriate credentials. Sincerely, D.A. Schoenborn, Ph.D. Dr. Fauci responds, you can trust CDC. From Larry Corey to Anthony Fauci, subject Mike Pence. Ah, the great communer. Ah, the great communicator of infectious disease, epidemiology, and pathology. On my way back, news travels fast among the aficionados. We need a powwow with John and Carl on the path to. I will reschedule. Are you coming to CROI? If not, I'll pop down to you. Excuse the phone typing on the runway. Sent from my iPhone. Tony, here you go. You can enjoy it in your spare time. Hope you managed to clear your desk last night. Best, John. Dear Tony, I wanted to share a very recent and surprising result we've obtained on the mechanism of antibody protection for antiviral antibodies. We've previously shown that BNABS to flu and HIV require FCR engagement for their vivo potency. Enhancing activating FCR engagement increases the potencies of these antibodies by an order of magnitude on average, and thus are significant contributors to antiviral protection. We'll be writing the story shortly, and we'd be happy to share a preprint with you. Sincerely, Jeff. From Anthony Fauci to Christina Cassetti, please handle. From Anthony Fauci to Lawrence Brown, PhD, I can assure you that I am not being censored. From Lawrence Brown to Anthony Fauci, Dear Dr. Fauci, those of us who seek factual, scientific-based information to the highest degree it is possible to obtain will remain hungry and on the alert for whatever complete, up-to-date information that you may have as humanity proceeds deeper into the COVID-19 potential pandemic. We have trusted you through several previous epidemics 
to provide such information. Therefore, I know I am not alone in being appalled and frightened by President Trump wanting you to issue information about the current crises only after it has been cleared by his administration. In his office as president, Donald Trump may be de facto commander-in-chief. There is nothing about his office that confers expert-in-chief on him. And while he chooses to say or not to say about the COVID-19 and its spread, should not be treated by the media or anyone as information that is trustworthy or that is factual and scientifically based to the highest degree it is possible to obtain. I hope that you will find it in yourself and the mission of your office to publicly assure the American public on no certain terms you will not be censored and you will honor the public's trust to continue to provide real research-based information about the frightening health nightmare that all humans are facing in a way that distinguishes us from China's government and its disgraceful and destructive efforts to muzzle the experts who might be able to save lives merely speaking truth to a population whose health depends on having fact-based, totally unmassaged knowledge as soon as it is available. It is with our lives, the lives of our families, and the lives that makes it up our nation that we are counting on you. Sincerely yours, Lawrence O. Brown, PhD, clinical psychologist, psychoanalyst. ASF attached, please find proposed background briefer for the visit to VRC. Big thanks to John Barney for the rest of the team and Andrea and Greg. We are focused on the VRC effort itself and the MRNA candidate figuring out that VPOTUS office would have a TikTok. VRC also prepared talking points for the round table that should be requested. If you have those and you'd like them now, but so far the White House has not asked for them. Available by cell. Good morning, Dr. Fauci. I wanted to say a quick thank you to you and your recent words to the public. I'm a high school physics teacher and I recognize the important challenges of conveying scientific accurate information to the public. I watched you speak in the two recent press conferences held by the president and appreciated the way in which you communicated difficult information regarding the novel coronavirus. Please keep up the good work during what I'm sure is a very stressful time for you and everyone at the NIH. Sincerely, Sharon Evelyn. Sharon, Many thanks for your kind words. Best regards, Tony. By now, hopefully, you've been long asleep. If you are still awake, you can start the track over or try falling asleep to one of the non-news-related episodes. Thank you for listening to Headline Snooze, and good night.